Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast. This is a weekly interview show that is all about art, craft, and creativity. I produce it in the hope that it will help all of us live long and crafty lives. So let's get to it, folks. It's time to craft sanity. I am bringing a special edition of the show, kind of kicking out a quick recording that I did when I was at the Blog Her conference at Navy Pier in Chicago. I just got back. It was this weekend. Basically, Blog Her is a great convention where women who have blogs from all over the country got together and discussed the issues that impact us. We got a chance to network and connect and discuss the things that we're passionate about. And so it was really energizing. At Blog Her, I got a chance to meet up with some people that I've interviewed for this show. So that was really fun. And I have a special treat for you folks today because the thing that really attracted me to this conference is a breakout session that they had on Saturday called The Art of Crafts. It was about the craft blogging community and just a discussion that was moderated very well by Leah Peterson. It was a conversation with Kathy Gano Marillo. She's the crafty chica. And she's actually been on this show. She was on the show quite a long time ago. I interviewed her for episode seven of the Craft Sanity podcast. Also on the panel was Kristen Roach, who runs Craft Leftovers. I knew her through a quilt block swap that she started a while back, and I was a participant in that. And Natalie Zedrew is of craft fame. She's the one who does that wonderful daily blog for craft and also writes articles and just kind of keeps us all informed about what's going on in the craft world. And I got it, was very happy to get to meet her and spend some time with her um, this past weekend. Natalie, I kind of felt like I knew her because I interviewed her for episode 37 of the Craft Sanity Podcast. So that was really fun to get to see her in person. And Amy Sedaris was there as well. She has a new book out too. And so she was on the panel and brought some comic relief. Before I get too far, I want to just welcome those of you who have never heard the Craft Sanity podcast before. This is not the usual format. I normally don't go to conferences, record things, and then throw them up as my show. (laughs) I'm doing this because I think this panel discussion was really entertaining and fun and well done, and I want all you crafty folks out there to hear it. So for those of you who are coming to me by way of Vlogger, I invite you to check out my usual shows. I just posted an interview with Carol Duvall, before Martha Stewart and before everybody else started doing any kind of crafting on TV, Carol Duvall was the first and she got started here in West Michigan where I broadcast from. Her episode is episode 57 and I'm also giving away a copy of her book. So you can get in the drawing for that. Just go to craftsanity.com to see the information of how you can get in that drawing. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a reporter, a print journalist by day, and I started this podcast in January of 2006. And basically, I am trying to cover the craft world because I feel like there's a lot of really cool and interesting things going on. And mainstream media, which I'm a part of, isn't really paying as much attention as it should be. Basically, I'm in the business of promoting artists and crafters out there. I don't get paid for what I do. Um, This is just kind of a labor of love. And if there's anyone out there who's interested in being on the show or you have a friend or someone you admire that you'd love to hear interviewed, definitely shoot me an email. It's jennifer at craftsanity.com. And I invite you to check out the podcast archive. This is the 58th show, so there's 
plenty of interviews, and the usual format is I interview people, and I try to ask the questions that we all wonder. Like, are you really making money doing X, Y, and Z, and how did you get that book deal? I usually always ask people the difference between art and craft, and I was thrilled, thrilled, thrilled that somebody asked that question of this panel. Without further ado, I'm going to get off my soapbox here and let you hear this great conversation. Here's the Art of Craft discussion from Blog Her 2007. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the craft panel. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for showing up. We're going to have everybody introduce themselves and talk about what inspired them to be a crafty person. And we'll start with you, Kathy. Just say your name and your blog and your inspiration. Kathy Connell-Bonillo. My website's Kathy Chica. And my inspiration for crafting as a business, so I've always been crafting, but as far as making a living came when I got married to my husband, who's a musician, and we got married in Caledon, let's lead a life of art and music, and how do we pay the electric bill, and we had like $20, that's all we had to our name, we went into Michael's, and we had to buy whatever supplies we could to make $200. And it was watercolor paper, acrylic paints, and high gloss brush on varnish. And we made our $200, paid our electric bill. And after that, we thought, oh my God, if we could do that, you know, what else could we do? So it just took off from there. And it's been um, like over 15 years now, and we do it full time art and music, any way possible. You have to be crafty the way you think, not only the way you make things. So. <laughs> I'm Kristen Roach from Craft Leftovers. Um, I think it was it was pretty much my grandma originally. She was a seamstress and just she made things all the time and there was always little bits of everything laying around and what kind of got me started on craft leftovers though was more like my own obsession and having all those little bits. And I was like, Hey, what do what do I do with these things? And so I started writing patterns for specifically what to do with your your craft leftovers. And so and then it just kind of over time developed in something that's becoming a business. And so that's really exciting. Hi, my name is Natalie Z. Drew, and I'm with Craft Magazine at craftsbean.com. Um, and I, my story is just like, you know, Kristen's, my mom was very crafty, and she sewed all my Halloween costumes. So whatever <laughs> I wanted to be, she would make it for me, even though she was, like, working a full-time job. And so she taught me how to sew and knit and crochet and everything. So um, ironically, I, my career was a web designer, and my editor, uh, my book editors, who later became at O'Reilly, uh, always knew I was crafty. So when they were going to start up a new magazine, an offshoot of Make, um, they thought of me. So I, I'm so happy that crafts could be my job. Um, my, uh, my name's Amy Sedaris, and um, I think uh, Girl Scouts and Junior Achievements uh, inspired me uh, to craft. And we also made, you know, costumes and um, Christmas decorations and stuff like that, and, um, and marijuana, probably. Um, <laughs> those are three major things that probably inspired. <laughs> Okay, that's awesome. We <laughs> this is live, right? This is live. It's yeah, it's getting live. Blocked. So I, I have a list of things. You can't hear me? You can't. Uh, who did you hear the best? Okay, oh, okay. yeah, we'll stand up yes. from now on. I am standing up. Okay. <laughs> hey. So we have a whole list of things that we thought that we would talk about, but before we get started, I just wanted to find out if you guys had questions that you wanted specifically answered. So just raise your hand and we'll see if we're going to cover it. You, back there. 
Can you run the, are you, thanks Sue. I guess it has to be in the microphone for it to be recorded, they said. What I'm interested in finding out is how to write about the craft process, especially if you have a craft that takes a longer period of time in the building um, without boring the pants off of everybody. Are you from Canada? <laughs> uh, I can answer that one. Um, usually, I would say, I don't know if it's for online or for print, I know like uh, I manage more of the stuff online and I think, you know, if you want to go into more detail, everybody, I think, loves that. I mean, as much detail as you can because there's a lot of people that may have just started getting into crafts, either knitting or crochet, they may not know the basics and I think either you could link to something that shows the basics of how to get there or, um, you know, just go ahead and write. But, I mean, if there are page, you know, count constrictions, um, take the key, you know, points of what you need to make and then, um, you know, cut out things that you think that are, are the basic ones. And, and I think photos can tell a lot. Yeah. I mean, okay, if wait you a minute, what are you talking about? Are you, are you asking, how, like, how to instruction-wise? Yeah. Oh, Is it I tutorial see. or, like, a review? Oh, oh no, I can uh, answer that one for you. What I do... Um, this actually applies more to my artwork. As I make, I usually have a couple different projects, both short and long term, going at the same time. And what I do is I take progress shots as I'm moving along. And then when I finish the project, I post the progress shots along with the finish. Because a lot of times with craft and art, you're, you know, someone looks in on it like halfway through and they're like, oh, what's that? And it's like, it's not finished, it's not finished. And so, like, I find that for explaining my craft or art, like, I really want to have it finished to show them. Or sometimes if it's something where I can show a swatch and, like, what yarn I'm using for, like, a sweater, I'll, so I'll show the swatch and the needles and maybe, like, the pattern that I'm making. But if it's something that I'm developing myself, I usually tend to wait until it's finished or just show the yarn at the beginning and then the finished at the end and then progress. Another way to make it interesting is to put, like, the drama that goes into it. Like, one time yeah. I had to make all these resin pieces. <laughs> And I, I, my ponytail swooped him up off the table as I was sitting on the floor. And I went to bed with the resin pieces in my hair. And I woke up with, like, Frida Kahlo in my mouth. And my husband had to cut my hair. So it's fun to, like, add in those little drama tidbits it, just to make right. it more interesting so that readers see that not everything comes out perfect. Because I think that's the fun of it is that, you know, it's all trial and error. That's true, too. That's really good. Can we answer your question? Do you have it's any other questions? Oh, sorry. Pearsall from Emoms at Home. I'd, I'd really like to hear about how you guys are leveraging your blogs in this niche to make money, specifically online. I mean, I know there's a whole world of crafting that's offline, um, but I don't know a lot about the crafting niche online and making money there. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about that. We're actually going to cover that, but we're going to wait until that's closer fine. to the end. So, thanks. Okay. Anybody else? The lady with the red hair. It's beautiful, isn't it pretty? Yeah. Thanks. Hi, um, I'm SJ from Asshole, and I like to craft in my spare time with my little monkeys at home. And I have this really great idea that I've never, ever seen before done anywhere. And I, I don't really even know if I want to sell it. So what do you do with that? Because I don't want anyone else to, like, gaffle my idea and run to the Sunday market with it. You could write a pattern. Yeah, I mean, like, that's what I do a lot of times, like, where I have things that's complex, and 
So you could write a tutorial and send it into a magazine or something or publish it online and sell it for five bucks each for a PDF download. I'm not sure if that would apply. Oh my God, that's like a different language. <laughs> Thank you. I don't understand any of that. Yeah, PDF and download it. <laughs> wow. That's insane. Okay, so... <laughs> The reason that I picked these specific women for this panel and why I really wanted them is because they all bring something so different to the table. And so I have specific questions for each of you, and I'm going to just start with you, Kathy. So you have a number of books, right? So why don't you tell people about those books? Um, I actually have six craft books. My most recent one is through HarperCollins called Crafty Chica's Art de la Soul. I'm working on one now with Potter Craft. It's a sewing book. I've never had a sewing class. I call it kamikaze sewing, where I just like, I wanted to learn how to use zigzags, so I just made myself. My Nana was a seamstress. I thought, I gotta have it in me. So I'm like fudging my way through a sewing book, but it'll be fabulous, and it'll look like I took a class, I swear to God. <laughs> but the interesting thing that kind of goes into the blogs is, is that, um, when I first started my blog, blogging about the resin and patterns and all of that, I had a book editor write me about doing a fiction book, saying, oh my god, these stories, you know, they make a fiction book. So for two years, I had a mean editor at my day job at the newspaper, so a way to like get away from that, I wrote a fiction book at nighttime. And two weeks ago, I got a two-book deal from Warner Books. For oh. <laughs> crafting all the different aspects and angles of it and like Amy you know I used to cover movies at the Arizona Republic and I had your movie coming you know on the list is because I knew our movie reviewer would not do it justice you know? <laughs> and so I was able to like put on my patrol like doo -doo 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 -doo, follow it I interviewed you I did a story I talked about your crafting and you know just looking at every aspect and from reading books, to writing books, to buying books. And then um, I really wanted Kristen to come because she does a recycling of used materials and she uses them in a new way. And so can you talk a little bit about that, why you do that? Um, well, I guess it's kind of what I said before. It, you just, when you create and you go and you buy your materials and you, you make your project or your sweater, you have these leftover things, and I'm a really bad pack rat, so I started to stockpile them. And so they were filling my closets and under my bed and under my couch, and just like every little nook, there's like yarn and paint and, you know, fabric sticking out. And it's like, what can I do with all this stuff? And so that's, that's kind of a lot of it. And then also just waste really bothers me and waste of raw materials. And, and I don't know if it's anything that I've, like, learned or been inspired to do it's just kind of ingrained like it just kind of bugs me and so it's like ah oh, I gotta do something about this and so I started coming up with ways to to use that stuff those little bits and Natalie I really wanted her to come because she works um, with craft magazine and she is a fountain of links to other people <laughs> that are crafters and if you go to craft sign is it is dot com right every day she posts more links to other people that are doing stuff. And tell me a little bit about why you like your job. Um, I think I am a, I'm a technology geek. And I love crafting. And I think those two come together with blogging. And um, I love meeting you know, interesting women and, and crafters. 
and I get to do it online every all time. Like Kathy and I, I mean, I probably like emailed her and like read her blog daily and like for two years now and finally get to meet her in person, but I feel like I already know her. So, I mean, I see so many different, you know, craft projects and it's just so inspiring to me. Sometimes I get crafting ADD because I'm like, I want to do that, I want to do that. And it's like, so, I, you know, for me, it's great because I'm like, oh, this is a really cool project. I, I want to share with everyone. Or I did an interview online with Amy Sedaris. Here's a great book. Like, this is so funny. Like, read this book. You can make stuff. And it's all about kind of promoting the idea of making and, you know, making, you don't have to worry about making things perfect, but it's about really kind of getting your hands dirty and making stuff. And that brings us to Amy. And I've had a number of people come up and say, well, Amy's not a blogger, so why is she coming to blog her? But another purpose of this panel is to, is to discuss how the crafting community has gone online, and we've created these new relationships that weren't there even 10 years ago. And the crafts are less serious and more fun. And that's where Amy comes in. Can you tell everybody about the contest that you just did a little bit ago? Um well, something she just said I was going to say. I like the kind of crafts where you can just look at it and figure out how to make it yourself. Because I'm not, I can't follow the instructions. That's my problem. I don't understand the things when it says fold, you know, the west side to the east side. Or, you know, I just can't. So if I can look at a picture, then I can try to figure it out. Your question, um, what was it again? What was it? I mean, uh, uh, Tell everybody about your contest. Oh, the contest. Um, it was the Leonard Lopek show, and, and I was, uh, he's, I, we were doing an interview, and so we thought we'd put together a contest. So I love googly eyes, you know, those shakeable little, you know, the eyes move. And, um, they're all over my apartment. I mean, e everything has a googly eye on it, you know, bowls of Did you bring any with you? Um, <laughs> did I have any googly eye projects? I didn't bring any. Uh, There's a, a Flickr set, though, right? Hey. There's a Flickr set. Flicker. On Flickr, where oh, all the photos I guess that's are. A, a computer thing. Flickr, Flickr. Um, <laughs> so we had this contest, and I just thought I was like, no one's gonna really, you know, you know, turn anything in. And it, there were like 400 people that submitted stuff, so I had to pick the winner, and it was so hard. So I think I picked seven, you know, within the top one. But I started judging it by, you know, they, they were all so good, I couldn't possibly decide. So I decided, well, I didn't like the angle they took on that photograph, so that's out. Or, or why would they shoot a tan, you know, potholder in front of a tan wall on a tan sweater, you know, so I would delete that one. So, you know, but the people were so, I couldn't believe, it was like thousands it seemed like, you know, so anyway, the winner was a hot dog with a, with a, that they made look like an octopus and it had googly eyes. It was, it's <laughs> Julie Jackson from yeah. Subversive Cross Stitch. It was her hot dog. My dad came to visit me recently and he goes, do you have any peanuts? And I go, yeah, over there. And they had eyes on them. <laughs> and uh, was, they're still fine. So there my dad is, you know, eating peanuts and then he would save the eyes for me. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> they're just so great. And now they make the adhesive ones. Yeah. Thank God. Just that glue. I mean, forget it, you know. So that's really nice, and the colored ones, and um, I made the colored ching chong, the little Chinese ones. They're really, they're getting, they're really good. Eyelids, eyelashes now, getting creative with them. <laughs> and so, <laughs> comes alive in seconds. Googly eyes do that. You could put them on a bubble. We should all ball. do a googly eye project in honor of Amy and post it on all of our blogs when we get home. There you go. That's yeah. a great idea. So um, that's one example of how the crafting world has changed. I, I mean, here's Amy, who's not a blogger, but all the bloggers respond, and they want to be a part of it. And it turns into this really fun community thing. So I'm kind of curious how you guys feel that the online community has changed crafts, like in, in even the past five years. 
Um, I've always looked at it, it's kind of like a subculture of, you know, there's like the whole, forgive me for saying this, like the scary scrapbook mania thing that's going on that I have never connected to. I hate pastels and I always felt like less than perfect, you know, like going and I'm like, hi, bright red glitter and green paint, my favorite. And, <laughs> and in the online community, everybody appreciates a diversity and you know all types of you know extreme crafting and just different things in expressing yourself and and I love that so I, I really have felt a connection to it and the first site I ever found was Get Crafty has anyone heard of Get Crafty mm -hmm. that was the first site where I was like I love this website <laughs> um, I would say for for me it's it's really all about community and also creating a sense of accountability like when I first started my blog it was because I wasn't finishing anything. Like I had like seven sweaters on the needles and I was like, oh my gosh. And so I started this blog so I'd have to like chart my progress. And even though like no one read it, like I got maybe one hit a day or a week. And <laughs> you know, but like I felt like, oh, there's this expansive internet people out there looking at my stuff and so I have to finish it to, you know, show them I finished it. And so like for me it was like accountability and then and then community came too and I started connecting with other people like Natalie and Leah and and it's really amazing and I think without the internet I would never be here. I probably would have never started Craft Leftovers. So it's really exciting the things that are coming out of it. When you sharing get a hit on your, on your blog, do you know who that hit came from? Generally like the I, city I just country? showed her how to how to do analytics. Yeah, <laughs> Google analytics. Google analytics. I mean, Google analytics. If I like to you say can. I went on your I went, I went on your blog, you can tell that it was me that went on your blog. There's not your no, name's not no. there. No, no, no. Oh, I nobody, see. Nobody knows your name. Yeah, it's like the IP address, city, state. <laughs> IP stands for. I'm gonna for stalk you. Internet. So Natalie, what do you think about communities? Um, well, for me, I I get um, it's funny because I we have a thing link on our site saying submit the site, and I, you know we get a lot of links, and it's the same submission process for Make and Craft. And if you know Make Magazine is more um, sort of like you know DIY technology, computer science related, um, and then you'll get like the crafty ones, and everyone knows it's for me. It's like oh fabric and sewing, and and then actually Kristen sent in a submission for something, and I was like, oh craft leftovers, this is a cool site, and I would look at it, and I posted it up, and it kind of like I started you know adding it to my RSS re, you know feeder, and and uh, I've just kind of like tracked her progression. I would just say this is a site I want to look at, and I start looking at it, and I mean she has a pattern a week she creates. I don't know how she does it. But she just like uploaded one this morning. She's like, it's Saturday, I have to upload a pattern. And I just think that's I like... I don't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, talking about community, there's, and then someone submitted something, oh, here's a t-shirt, a quilt, and it's made from all these uh, technology t-shirts, like, you know, all those conferences you go to, Macworld, whatever, it's all this crap, you know, t-shirts, my husband gets them on, and it's like, oh, someone made a quilt out of it, how cool, post it up. Within like 10 minutes, I get an email. Here's another one. Oh, I saw your post on this. Here's something else I made. And it's like, you know, uh, you know, one was like a, actually a, a quilt made from like, you know, coffee uh, cup holders as paper. And then another one was like, oh, and even someone in my office was like, oh my God, I just saw your quilt. I just took, you know, my, my husband's all of his rock concert t-shirts and Grateful Dead and everything. They made a big quilt out of it. And I just literally, for the rest of the week, I would just have, okay, here's t-shirt quilt roundups. And it was yeah. just started organically from just like one link that I put up. And I thought how fantastic this was to see like 
who knew how, you know, I never know how my day is going to go, but like one post turned into this big connection. Um, you know, I'll be emailing with a crafter, like, how did you do that? Can you give me a little, you know, quote on how you did it? And I'd post it up on the site along with their picture because the whole point of the blog for craft is we want to teach people how to make things and, you know, get tips and, and find out how to do things. So, Wow, so giving. Why aren't you ever afraid that you're going to, let's say you make a quilt, uh, a maxi skirt, and, you know, let's say you, you made it up, and then all of a sudden somebody famous on TV, you know, taught, you know, acted like it was their idea, and then they would sell those skirts in, um, <laughs> at the, the dress barn. Wouldn't yeah. that make you mad that that was your idea and that you would just put I, it out there for that free? Happen because you know, between making the artwork with my husband over the years, and now there's more and more people doing stuff, and I'll post something one week, and two days later I see it up on Etsy. <laughs> and But you know what? I don't let that stop me. You just think, you know, maybe that's why I'm not a millionaire, but I think, okay, I just have to keep coming up with things. Just I don't do it to make money. I just do it because I love it. But I did get blessed in the way that I had a company hire me to do a national product line. So luckily all of my favorite ideas that I didn't share for that very reason, now I can put them out with my name on them and actually make money off of it at some point. So it is hard. Oh, thank you. It's hard. But sometimes those crafts take, you know, like like this button, you know, that... Um, you know, you made that Miss Roach made. You know, it's like maybe that took this took you, you know, 50 minutes. You know, this would take me days. But let's say this took you 50 minutes, and then how do you put a price on it? Like, it might you might think, oh, this is 25 cents, but you know, the time that you put in it, why isn't this 25 dollars? Two dollars? No. But I mean, you know, to me, that's the hard thing about pricing it. Maybe, especially you know, my stuff looks like deaf people love it, you know, and glitter and paint. And, but I'm like, it took me a really long time to make that, you know what I mean? And find the supplies, because I don't like to go to like Michael's or something. I always yeah. think that's cheating somehow. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like try to find it or go to the little local lobby, you know, hobby shops or something. But it's all, to me, that's the hardest thing is when, or crafts are made so well that you're like, well, now, come on, you know, it's too good to be yeah. a craft, you know, the kind of stuff that Martha Stewart makes or something. That's too pretty to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I want to see stitches and, mm -hmm. or some kind of, you know, depressing personality that goes along with it, <laughs> you know. That's a really, it's a really great question, though, and I know we have a lot of crafters out here. Does anybody have any tips on how they price their stuff or we have one back there? Right there. Was me doing cricket oh, stand up. Oh, right. I forgot. It's the standing up. Uh, this is what I do. I check to see what other people doing a similar thing to me charge. I contact people who um, maybe would mentor me and sort of teach me how to price my thing. Um, but I also know that I tend to underprice my things, as many of us do, for all of our services rendered. So then I just try to tack on a little more. <laughs> okay, what about, like, for example, you sell your stuff, you know, let's say you went, took it to a store and they wanted to sell it for $100, the bracelet you have on for $100. Yeah. But if you, you wanted to sell it for, like, $15, yeah. you know what I mean? What would you it's, do? It's hard. You know, we've kind of pulled away from wholesale. Because, say, a purse like this took me like six hours. At a boutique in Phoenix, they would want to sell it for $80. That means they would pay me $40. And that's not worth, you know, the time. So I just kind of save it for my website. 
or for big art fairs and do it that way. But um, one thing that someone told me one time, my husband and I, they were like, you guys undersell so bad. And we're like, well, we recycle everything. You know, we, we like pulled up the floors off of my husband's Nana's. Well, she pulled them up and they gave them to We're like, don't throw them away. We want to take them. They did. They came out beautiful. They're like wood squares. And we decoupaged on them. We wood burned on them. This is like back in the day when we like crafted to pay bills, you know, like house bills and all that. And you could never tell they were from before, but I thought, okay, so what do we charge for these? And someone told us, you charge for your talent, not always the materials. It's that one special thing that you have that nobody else does, and you take that into consideration. So yeah, you can look and see what other people are charging and kind of use it as a gauge, but it, it also depends on where you're selling to. You know, like sometimes I would have to sell a purse, you know, it would kill me and I'd say, okay, well, I'll take $25 for it because that's what we do to make a living. You do what you gotta do. But always knowing that down the road, okay, I'm gonna have this special batch for my website or for an art fair. So it's just part of the life, living the life and the hustle, you know, of wanting to do it for a living. You take the good with the bad and, you know, you do what you got to do, anything to keep away from, you know, having to work at the bank or the city or whatever. How do you guys do your pricing? Oh, I'm, I'm really formulaic about it. <laughs> I, um, well, I kind of figure that my living wage is, is $15 an hour. I can pay my bills on that with student loans. And, like, so it's $15 an hour, so I keep track of my time it takes to make so many items. And then I divide it by the number of items I get finished. And then I add on the cost of material. And then I double it, which sounds really, really crappy. But like but you have you to make. You can't find someone to buy it at that price. And you need to buy it. And I don't make it. <laughs> I would, you know, it's, yeah, I would love to do that. That would be my dream thing. Oh, to I know. Learn. And well, I'd like to learn exactly how to do what, that. That's exactly what I do. You need the money Yeah. If you have a product that's kind of standardized, like um, I make soap, and it's really good, and um, I mean it is, it is, it's it's wonderful. It, 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 yeah, I mean you can't buy it in a store because it's not profitable for big companies to sell. So people making it in their kitchens, that's where you get the good stuff. Just in case you know, go you, if you Google handmade soap, you'll get a million hits because there's a whole bunch of people doing it. But it's really easy to. When you've got it down, you know how long it's going to take you. You know how you value your time. And all you really have to figure is the cost of the materials because some batches are really basic and some batches are luxurious. And by golly, I've got it down to where it takes me the exact same amount of time no matter what I'm using. So for me, it's materials times three. And but, Okay, so what I, about the people that do it for less, though? What, what if there's somebody who's selling your exact same product, but it's for are, half your price? If they are, it's just not as good. And you have to, at some point, you have to rely on that. You have to say, okay, buy that. You know, because people will come. And I, I haven't even made a batch this year, but I've got a waiting list. Like, because people, and, and I have people that I buy from, you know, that by golly, I will, you know, I'm not going to go get something half as good for half the price. So does that mean your house is full of, like, packing yes. supplies? Like, you have to box yes. things up and <laughs> bubble wrap, and doesn't yes. that take a lot of space? And do you have, like, rats or cockroaches? <laughs> they love tape. They love tape. Do you ever have a um, problem with stuff like that? 
We have eight poodles, and sometimes they'll eat a bar eight of soap. Poodles? But, you know, other than that, you know. <laughs> okay, you're not always saying that. See, I sell cupcakes See, you and nailed cheese it. balls yeah, out of my no, apartment. Yeah. I've never figured yeah. out what it costs. Well, I'm going to stick Google eyes on them when I get home. There you go. Because they run around, and it'll sure, be funny. you'll have 18. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One more thing to help with pricing. Like, go into detail of all the materials. Like, if wow. you're using glitter that is imported from Mexico and not Michael's or China or wherever, put that, every little aspect, put all the is the, is the uh, glitter from Mexico um, better? Is it, is it the thicker it's, kind? Yeah, it's thicker. <laughs> and it's no, that's the same. But I mean, I just love having to, being able to say, you know, oh, this is from Germany. You know, a friend of mine brought me glitter from Japan. Illegal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, it's not illegal. I don't think it's illegal. Yeah. We have a we have a question back here. Comment. Oh, it's more stand of a comment. Up. My. We have to stand up. <laughs> And the industry that I work in, often we see a lot of work-at-home moms or work-at-home women parents who open up shop and they don't consider pricing very well. And we'll, if you first glance at the products we sell, people are like, oh my gosh, it's that much for that one little thing and I could make that myself or whatever, but you know, there's a market for it. But then the people who just come and they say, oh, I want to make this affordable and they underprice themselves, they, it's not only a lesser quality product, but they do not last long. Because they're not taking into consideration their ink. I'm getting dizzy. Their their ink or their you know their paper that they're printing their invoices sit down on. If you need to, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or their packaging supplies. You know they're like, oh, we don't charge a handling fee, but then they're out of pocket paying for their boxes and their you know bubble wrap and all those things that attract roaches. <laughs> okay. So maybe maybe they're not taking into account everything that it takes, right? I think that's the biggest problem with underpricing. It's not so much not thinking about, like, you know, oh, I want to make a profit or whatever, but it's also not considering all the materials. And I, I was really bad at that at first. It's taken a year to figure out, like, okay, this is what I need to do to, like, actually make a go at this. And, and all those little materials from packaging to, you know, bubble wrap, whatever, little bits of glitter, even if it's just a teaspoon of glitter on one thing, you have to figure out how much that costs you and add it into your price. Wow, well, and that's serious business. I mean, I, I was saying, I, you know, I, I run cup, I sell cupcakes and cheese balls out of my apartment, and I've been doing it for years, maybe 10 years now, and I've never figured out how much. It's, it's, it's about gas. It's, about, um, it's not about that for me. I, I mean, I wanted the cheapest cupcakes in New York, because cupcakes in New York are ridiculous. How much I mean, do you sell a cupcake for? I charge mine a, a hundred, a dollar fifty. <laughs> A dollar fifty, but I make them and I deliver them, and you know the whole the whole thing, and you know I get cash, and you know what twelve dollars a day. I mean I'll bust my ass for twelve bucks a day, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll turn down and say, oh they'll give you you know sixty three thousand to do this movie, and I'm like no, I I have two cupcake orders that I told them <laughs> I would do because it's that you know it's just that I like running a business or feeling like I can have a job that I can complain about, you know like butter is five dollars a pound, you know and and. You know, I just like having, you know, that being able to have to do it all, all myself. It's just different than any other job I've ever had. So I've never figured it out, and I never want to because I'm sure I'm losing money on it, you know. Oh, but well, we're actually going to do some pricing point. for your stuff, right? I'm sorry, right, Kristen. Yeah. But she's going to ask for you guys to help her price some stuff that she brought in, yeah. in a little bit. Go ahead, Kristen. Oh, I was just going to say, a lot of it, too, depends on, like, where you're coming from. Like, is it is it the emotional satisfaction of 
of sharing your goods and you, and you just want to recover costs. You don't really care about the time it takes or you're making things for your friends or almost like free dis distribution. And that's really rewarding and really profitably, profitable emotionally. We have somebody over here. Sure. Um, so we've been talking about underpricing, and I think one of the problems that maybe I've experienced is more like overpricing, perhaps, or or trying to get across the message of the the quality of the materials um, that we're using, and you know why you should pay this much for this you know cashmere scarf because you know it's it's um, you know really super high quality you know Scottish spun cashmere and. And because I guess we're online, you know, people maybe want to touch what they're what they're buying. I mean, I'm just wondering what other people have done to kind of explain the quality of of something that people may want to touch usually, you know, before they buy it. So, so the question is, um, how do you online tell yeah. people is this valuable because of? Yes, and, and not only, you know, because, but I, I don't know, I tried to explain, you know, here's the, here's where the cashmere came from, here's, you know, maybe some other brands that use this, you know, this uh, quality of, of cashmere, and it really hasn't worked so far. Can, so, can anyone you know, speak to that? I, I, have a, I see a lot of, um, like, I have to say, working on craft is a dangerous uh, thing because sometimes I th see things that are so cute, I want to buy them. So sometimes I'm just like, you know, writing about stuff but also buying things. And and I and what is the impulse for me to buy? And I think one of it is, I think, a compelling story and seeing that progress of seeing something made. And a lot of bloggers, what they do is, okay, you know, in you know two weeks, I'm going to have this stuff up in my store, and they share the progress of the creative process of how they made it. What went into it, the labor, the love. It took me, oh, today I spent the whole day just doing the trim. Or I cut just the fabric pieces, and I'm like, ooh, what is it? What can it be? What is she going to make? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then by the time it comes out, I'm like, oh, my God, I want one. Just because I heard the story, of, and I feel like, oh, my God, I want to support her, or I want to, you know, like, I want to buy this and support her, and I want to blog about it because I think the story was there. And so I think that's what you can do. It's like start, we, you know, we all have blogs. Like just when you start documenting what you make, have a story, and then on your story you can link to here's the process of the story. You can read about how this was made, and, you know, they can read about that. And that works, too, because my mm -hmm. husband and I, we've had an online store for about 10 years, and at first we wanted it to look like, you know, Bloomingdale's where you could quantity one, you know, where it looked like it was made in a factory <laughs> somewhere. Well, our factory is our living room, and whoever comes over, they'd be like, okay, you have to sit down and help us make this. Well, now we changed it. Like, people didn't realize what was going on. And now we're changing it to where it's like, no, this is, we just finished this. It's a one-of-a-kind thing. There's only one of it and it's going up for sale right now, and then it's gone. We can put like a crazy price on it, and people want it because of that, hearing about the process. But if we put something up and say, oh, you know, here's this, it's $4, how many do you want? One, two, three, it somehow gets a feeling that it's manufactured someplace, and it's, you know, we have it in a box just ready to ship. And it's not like that we hand make every single order that comes in, and that was the mistake we were making as far as you know, underselling. Now we've changed it, and it makes a world of difference to put that story. People love to hear the story behind it. Does anybody? Have, oh, we have somebody over there. Oh, hi. 
Uh, my name's Alana, and I just, this is really more of a comment and kind of coming um, back on that thread of uh, um, the story, the compelling story. The reason I want to start a craft blog with my sister, who's really the crafter, <laughs> she'll do all the work and I'll write, I don't know, <laughs> but, um, is because I get so much pleasure out of reading those blogs. I can't, it's unlike anything else, and I have a whole list that I, I check them every day, you know, I just love seeing the new things that come up in the, like the way, you know, some of the people that I read, I just can't believe some of the things that they come up with. And I just feel like, okay, here's a forum. I want to thank all of you <laughs> for all of the beautiful work that everybody does and all of the thought and, and care and beauty that comes out of these blogs because they're just wonderful. That's it. I, I wanted to get back to something that Amy touched on earlier, which is the copying thing, because I think that really happens a lot, and especially now that we're all online and connected, and it just happens. Does anybody have any stories about that that they want to share? Has anyone copied you, Amy, for a little stuff you Are you kidding me? <laughs> Is this person going to speak to that question, or can we come back? We won't lose you. There's two over there, Sue. Hi, my name's Jenny, and I, my site is LJCFYI, and um, you guys all, <laughs> you guys all kind of craft, you know, for a living, and I just do it for fun and for gifts, because I, I love my day job, and um, I've, I've done some stuff for freelance. I did a bar mitzvah, and it almost killed me. I was going to Kinko's at midnight, and I call them Stinko's now, because it was such a horrible experience, but... Um, <laughs> I don't have time to do things for other people for money. And I've been contacted and said, well, and I use my own illustrations for a lot of my work. And I've had people say, well, if you can't do this for me, I'm just going to copy you. And I don't know how to handle that because I don't have the time to do it, but I really don't want people just copying my work. I, I think for illustrations, I think you can copyright it. I think if you have illustrations you've already done, you can go look up online, I don't know, yeah. What? Well, but at least you have it documented and copyrighted. You know, there's nothing else they can do about it, and legally it belongs to you. But and then you can change. They can be inspired by it and change one thing about it and yeah. say, yeah. "Well, yeah. what?" Yeah, that's just he had that yeah. happen. Really? Where he does Day of the Dead paintings. He did some custom illustrations for a website. Somebody in Europe took his illustrations and sold them on a disc, and I started seeing them pop up on eBay. People were cutting them up and gluing them and decoupaging, and I would write all of them and say, hi, you know, this is my husband's copyrighted artwork. And after a while, it just gets so out of control, and I thought, I'm grinding my teeth instead of sprinkling glitter. Like, I just had to draw the line and say, you know what, I need to let it go. And, and you know, it's, it's less now because I finally did get to the person who did it. Like, there's a lot of nice people out there who helped me once I posted about it. But it just, it gets really out of control. And, I mean, a lot of times there's nothing you can do unless you hire a lawyer and put a lot of money into that. And it's a lot of negative energy. It kind of, you're concentrating on negative instead of something positive. I actually, um, I posted up a really cute uh, pattern a, a girl had done about, of a little, like, travel bag. And uh, a woman in a knitting store uh, emailed me and said, actually, that I think I know that person. She came to my store and took pictures of this bag. 
And she wrote a whole, she copied it and wrote a pattern about it. Can you please take it down? And I did take it down because yeah. I think that's wrong. I don't want to like fuel that. But, you know, I mean, I know it happens, but I think that stuff can't let you, you know, go down. And I think, honestly, I know there's a whole craft business of stuff going on, but I really love to just inspire people to craft for themselves or for their, for their friends. And it doesn't have to be a business because I think sometimes when things get to be money, it's a big headache. And I just want to say Leah has a great site called Trade a Craft where you can like you can make something a hand handmade and trade it with someone else to get some really cool stuff. So that kind of things I think that's what the internet's all about, you know, sharing ideas and and you know trading goods and I don't know, eating cupcakes and <laughs> we have Ariel over there. I just wanted to share a little anecdote. I'm not a crafter, but I have a good friend in Seattle who is. And she recently took a photo at a boutique of a cute little coin purse with a skull and crossbone kind of knitted onto it. And um, her husband chastised her. Oh, my God, how could you take this picture? Now you're going to go home and make something similar. This is ethically unsound. You're copying. This isn't fair. And she and I got into a whole conversation about it. And the, the discussion that we got into is if she makes something inspired by this bag, then her responsibility is every time she gives that bag as a gift, because she wasn't looking to sell it, she just wanted to make one for herself and as a gift, she would say, this was inspired by such and such, such and such in New York City. And that, that can actually act as a way to do publicity for the event. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about like LA Angst and the Salon of Shame. Here are events that are inspired by someone else. And every time someone asks you, Oh, how'd you get that idea? Well, let me tell you who inspired me and do a little promo for them. And if there's not money involved, I think that can be a way to say, I was deeply inspired by this, and I'm going to give them the full credit, but here's a little gift I made from you inspired by their pattern. It's just, I'd, I'd actually be curious to hear, is that sketchy? Is that bad? No, I was just covering your tracks. You know, I'm, yeah, yeah, actually, I would say to, to make it your own, like find a way to put your own signature stamp on it, to call it your own, that's... Yeah, it's inspired by that, but it's make it do your own version of it, your own spin off of it. So. Sue, we had that person over here that had a question, but in, while you're walking over there, what did you want to say, Kristen? Oh, um, right now there's a big movement towards a copyright kind of, well, it's influenced by copyright. It's called Creative Commons, and there's different level of protection, and there's like public domain, which is pretty much just like take it, do whatever you want to it, sell it whatever, you don't have to give me credit, just here it is, I'm getting it out there. And then there's like, take it, do whatever you want with it, you know, sell it, but give me credit. And then there's take it, do whatever you want with it, just don't sell it. And then there's take it, but, <laughs> yeah. And, and then there's like, take it and distribute it, but don't, don't sell it, don't, you know, alter it. And, and then there's take it, but don't alter it, don't sell it, don't give it out, you know, whatever. And it's pretty much copyright. And so there's different levels of protection that you can choose. And is that is it creativecommons.com? It's creativecommons.org. If you guys are, oh, .org, if you're interested in finding out, if you don't know about it already. Yeah, and so that's, and that's what's, a, like, a movement kind of going on now to, like, as a, as a craft person who might be doing business or whatever to kind of protect yourself and, it is expensive to pursue it, but honestly, just putting that up there on your site does help to discourage and to also give clear, like, guidelines of, okay, this and this is, is allowed and this isn't. And for me, like, all my patterns are just, you know, take it, do whatever you want, sell it, I don't care, but just give me credit and don't resell the patterns. And So you're basically telling people before they even have to ask what is okay with you. They yeah. can just see on your yeah. site. 
A question over here? Question. Hi, I'm Kelly Rising. I'm a beauty editor, and I have a book coming out in the fall. It's called Life Tips, 101 Makeup Tips. Check it out, Amazon. Amy, I have a question for you. Beauty ladies. Yes. I, I am a cupcake freak. I love cupcakes. I was just at the Hershey store buying cupcakes for my girls. So I want to know why cupcakes? Why do you love cupcakes? What flavors? What do they look like? Details, I please. Them, uh, because um, it's something to do at three, three in the morning. I, and I like that, you know, they're, you know, individually, you know, you have to handle each one. You have to frost it and get the cups in it. And so I just like that it's really hands-on, you know. You just, it's not like frosting a cake. You know, you've got to pick each and every one up. So. Um, and I and I like that I can eat them at night. You know that I can eat some of them, your munchies, and then deliver what I have the next day. Um, I like I make vanilla, but I'll do chocolate on request, just because chocolate's kind of messy and, you know, um, and, I, and I have a small oven, so I can only bake twelve at a time. So, um, I, I guess that's why, just because they're like little individual, you know, presents to me, little things. And there, you know, there's so many things you can put a cupcake in, you know, that's perfectly. In, you can give them away. You can give six out, five out, eat three, deliver 17, you know. It's easy. And all the money goes to my rabbit. I have a tip jar uh, in my apartment, several, and then the money goes into this jar, and that's her allowance to live off of. You know, anything I sell, I mean, you know. Amy, do you, do you sell them in, in New York in boutiques and I stuff? sell my cupcakes um, at this at Joe Coffee. I just want to sell one place because I don't want to. I do it because I want to, not because I have to. Does it have your name on it? Oh, I don't, Does I don't it know. say Amy Sedaris? No, I just cupcakes? deliver them on, on a tray, and they take them, and then they sell them. I mean, I, mean, I think they know they're mine, but, you know. <laughs> I read at different, on different blogs that people will go to Joe's Coffee just to see if you bring your cupcakes in. And oh. sometimes they're disappointed because you don't come, and sometimes you're like, oh, my God, I hit yeah. the jackpot. It's never, I'm not nice. consistent. I'm some, you know, three days in a row, then you don't see me for another month, you know, or... You know, just different times of the day, you know, I'll deliver them. But I'm obsessed with collecting those little pokes, you know, that go on top of oh, cupcakes. Yeah, and, so great. Like, I don't like the new ones they make, but I, so I try to comb flea markets and old sites and try to find, you know, the really cool old ones. Or make them myself, which look pathetic, but, you know, something to do. <laughs> <laughs> we have a question back here. Um, Does she not have any friends? Is it okay? yeah. yeah, actually, um, I'm Liz Strauss from Successful Blog, and actually, um, I'm not a crafter. I love crafters. Um, I'm a writer. Um, but I've built product for 22 years, and I know um, a, a couple of things about underpricing and overpricing. And I want to talk to the, the story point. Um, when we would build a catalog at the point that we were building product, we would like put too many details into what made this product so cool and so spectacular. And then when we finished the product, the catalog would be done. And we would have the $5 million product and the one we just finished. And it would have eight bullets. And the new one would have eight pages of copy. Um, and the, you know, the $5 million product had eight bullets of copy. And there's an old saying in the, in the marketing business, don't buy it back. So when you're describing your products, you can often tell me too much. You know, when you tell me the cashmere came from there and there and there and there, if you've already sold me and you keep telling me, pretty soon you're going to buy it back. I, th I think that applies less to blogging format and, and more for the catalog. I think you're right. In a catalog format, that wouldn't really work that well. Do we have any other questions? I saw somebody else's hand. 
No? Did, are we covering what it is that you guys want to know? Uh-oh. I, I just want to say I'm a photographer, and, you know, so I, I cruise around and check out a lot of photo sites and people shooting photos. And the, the community of crafters, the photos that are taken of the crafts you guys make are so totally out of hand crazy awesome that I am so impressed by that crossover. And so I think... I mean, I'm looking at like a sweater that's like half done, and I'm going, I want to buy that. I so want to buy that because it's beautiful and delicious, and the photo has, shows all this detail. So if you can um, try to work toward that, perhaps that's going to help. I'm not a crafter. Perhaps that's going to help show the work. Like I know, I mean, I, I will look at a stuffed rabbit, and if it's that someone hand-sewed, and if the way it's photographed, I'm like, I am buying that. I'm so buying that. And so even though we're tactile people and we want to touch and feel and the cashmere, the photography is going to really help. And, I mean, you guys are already off the charts doing a great job, but maybe those of you who aren't can start to play around with that and photograph your things where you can see the textures and you can see the stitching. Instead of having to talk about it maybe, the stories are one thing, and then just really show it, show that texture and, and what that's about in an image. It's, it, it's possible. Yeah, that's great I, advice. Actually, if you go on craftscene.com, we have an archive of digital design and photography, and there are a bunch of resources and links on how to take good craft photos on our site. So that is something. It's very true. I mean, taking photos, I think, is just as important as um, making the product sometimes. My I photos like have really sucked. To it. Oh, go on. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's embarrassing. Oh, yeah. Say, say that again. Huge. Say that like again. Like when Poland puts a penny next to it or something, you know. You can see the, you can see the size. Yeah, yeah, that's important because like when you're buying fabric and everything, you know, you just can't tell. But change, you know. Or sometimes I'm like, is the penny for sale? Because yeah. it's, it's next to something hideous. Yeah. And like, you're not selling that. But that's, anyway, that's, um, that's important to me, you know. We have somebody over there. Hi, I'm not a crafter. I'm totally craft impaired. But, um, and I wish I had my sample. I just realized I don't have my superhero necklace. And just looking around last night at the cocktail party, I mean, how many of us in this room are wearing Andrea's necklaces? Just one? Okay. Well, there was, it seemed like there was a lot more when I was drinking last night on that. It was just you, Tracy. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, those necklaces are, they're beautiful and, and they're wonderful. But, that necklace to me is a piece of Andrea and who she is and her spirit. And, uh, you know, when it came to my house with this darling little pouch and the little message attached to it, I mean, I was able to throw out my Ativan. I never, you know, get on a plane without my necklace anymore. And so, you know, there's a, a value that I don't know how you put a price tag on that, but it's definitely worth something, and it ups the value from where I stand. Thanks. But does, that, does that translate past friends? I mean, oh yeah. Oh, my it, mom oh, yeah. wants one. People see it, and I tell them, you know, not only is it beautiful, but there's a story, and the woman who makes it. You don't have the mic, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> then stand up and be really loud so everybody can hear you. She puts a value on you when you buy her girl. Like, she's so touched, and it's so special to her when you buy something from her that she, like, will take a moment to herself with your necklace and, like, bless it. <laughs> okay. Um, building on that, I make custom jewelry for people also. Um, I'll make things just to make, and if someone wants to buy it, cool. 
but a lot of people come to me want something specific, so I put extra thought into it, making it for that person. And I do charge a little more for the custom work because I tell them this is for you. I was thinking of you when I made it. I, you know, it brings in elements of your personality if I know them. Um, but people, I mean, I, I do more custom work than I do, I guess, regular work. So people do really like the custom job, especially because, like she was saying, they they know it's special. It's for them. It's I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that, but it has it has more value. Yeah, it's reason, it's more yeah. sentimental. It even if, even if it's not prettier to look at, it means more because more work went into it. Because, like I said, I was thinking about you when I made it. I, you know, this will match your eyes or something. <laughs> That's so. great. Sue, we missed somebody over there who had their hand up before. And while you're going over there, Kathy, did you have something uh, yeah, about that? I just wanted to mention. You know, we all are immersed in our homes, making our things that we love. And now I am at a scary crossroads because, well, it's a good scary. You're getting a divorce. There's no. Duncan Enterprises, they make Eileen's tacky glue and the tulip squeeze paints. Well, they like plucked me out of nowhere and signed me on to do this national Crafty Chica product line cool stuff, like hip Latino type, because I got tired of the margarita stickers. I'm like, mm -hmm. yes, viva la raza, margarita sticker. Like, no, you know, there was nothing cool out at the store. So now things that I'm designing are going to be sold in Michael's, all the places, you know, that, you know, it's scary. I mean, it's good Congratulations. Scary, but I, I want so bad to make sure that it has that vibe and that love in it and to say, you know what, this varnish it needs to be a little bit shinier and they're like like who can tell how shiny yeah. like, it's it like I can't yeah. <laughs> you know so it's, I'm, I'm blogging about that process of you know going to the next level and working with you know people from India from China from Mexico from the United States of making all of these products and I'm just learning so much about what goes into the whole process of it and, um, but I'm so grateful that, you know, they're the first companies going to be the first mainstream Latino craft product line. That's the that's success story. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And so, you know, there's no maracas, there's no piñatas, you know, it's all really cool, cool things. That's so. great. I think, well, Kathy, it, it's always going to be cool because your personality is always there on the blog and you're sharing your information with everyone. Yeah, all my secret know. tips throughout yeah. the years. <laughs> I do. On every product. You always have a crafty chica tip of how 10 ways to use this product. Because when I was back in the poorhouse, you know, painting the wood tiles, I'm like, okay, you can use this on wood, you can use this on that, you can use it on that. Because we need to stretch our dollars and right. I want to share that, you know, of what I learned. So they're letting me do that where they could say, no, we want to sell you know, this kind of glue and this kind of glue and this kind of glue. It's like, no, you can buy this one glue and use it for all these different things. Mm -hmm. so. That's really fabulous. And that's great to have someone like you in our community <laughs> out there. I think that's what, like, the Internet crafting community, I think, I don't know, to me, I just feel like it's so special. And so to see one of our own up there doing stuff, it's, it's great. Hey, you go. And it's very, it's, I think it will be really inspirational for the rest of us, the other people out there who are doing stuff in their houses. There is the potential one day to... To get things out there. I'm worried that some people will say, oh, she sold out, you know, Echo in China, you know, instead of Echo in China. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm making it work. And Selling out such a, you know, I just don't believe in that, 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 that kind of expression at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to hear you can work, so. 
you know, I didn't know anything about tacky glue, and, and there's this crap that I would do on the book tour, and then this girl told me about tacky glue. And so I bought some, and it's great. But it's every time I use it, the pop, the top flies away, and then a huge puddle. Like right now in my hotel room, there's a huge puddle of tacky glue on the carpeting. <laughs> I, you know what? On the product line, I have, you know how glue bottles, you have to turn them upside down and go like that. Well, I came up with this little thing that you can set your glue bottle in, so you don't have to fuss with it. Oh, it won't drip. A little stand. Yeah. So that's going to be on the product oh, line, nice. little glue stand, so that it oh, all trickles to the bottom. Oh, that's smart. That's a good idea. Oh, check, 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 check. <laughs> I had the I idea first. people helped me. I told them the dilemmas, and then they like came up with it. That's so. great. That's really great. So who do we have? Hi, I'm Rochelle. I blog and sell at magpie-girl.com. And um, one of the things that I'm really interested in hearing from people who are doing this as a profession or a passion is the whole language of arts and crafts, like it becomes arts versus crafts. And like the lady at the yarn store is like, I'm a fiber artist. And on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, she is actually making art. On the other hand, could you just tell me what SSK means? You know, so how do you like, when you're working, do you, what kind of dialogue do you have in your head about art and craft? Or fiber artists are alcoholics, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> to me, the difference is with an art artist is you always hear the expression, you're, you're like, oh, should I put this, you know, button on this side of, of the sock? And then the person will say, I don't know. You know, that kind of, you remember when your art teacher yeah, always said, yeah. like, I don't know. And you're like, just tell me what, you know, you know, that encouraging where crafts is more like a mental, mentally, you know, you just sit in your apartment and you can have a mental disorder and be crafty too. That's but can, you, can you be both an artist and a crafter? I guess. At the same time? Yeah, I crazy. So. I never get hung up on it. I just make stuff and however people perceive it is their way. And I interchange the word, like, Hispanic and Latino art and crowd. I'm like, we're all one big happy family. It's all to be appreciated. So I never get. Yeah, but you sold out, out, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> we have somebody back there. Hi, my name is Brooke. Um, I was wondering if there's going to be some sort of blog role put together because I would love to see what you guys all do. I, I just I'm hearing so many great creative stories in the room and I would love to dive in and see them. We've arranged with Natalie to what are you going to post on? Uh, um, when I get back, so Monday, check on crafting.com and I'll post um, for blogger attendees a roundup of like great blogs that I've, I have in my my bookmarks so you can check them all out. And people yeah. can leave comments there with their own. Yeah. URL. Okay. Yeah, you can leave comments there and we'll just, you know, we can add it to the list. And we can check everybody out. Yes, craft scene. And we actually, at the, at the end of the session, if you wanted to get pick up a magazine, too, we have them here. So. For a dollar. Somebody over there? <laughs> <laughs> Everything on the table is a dollar. Hi. Um, my name is Lori and I blog at notjustaboutcancer.blogs.com. I'm a knitter. And I go to knitting websites every day. It's, it's, it is. It's like it's knitting porn. Like just seeing what other people whose skills are way beyond mine are able to do is really cool. And whenever I, and I tend to post about whatever I'm working on, like about my life in general, knitting's important to me, so the knitting gets up there. This is the project I'm working on. This is whose pattern it is. This is how I might have changed it, which is usually not very much and usually doesn't work. But it's, you know, that's, it's a really important thing to me. And um, one of the things, ways I've come connected, being a cancer patient, is there are a number of, there's a website called um, DYI, not DIE, um, and then there's Rebel 1 and 8. There are women who are artists and crafters who are also, whose lives have been profoundly affected by cancer, who um, 
craft, who knit, or who, who the process of making stuff when faced with a life-threatening illness has become incredibly important to us. And that's where I'm going with this is, is I'd like us to talk a little bit about like the process of making stuff. What makes you, you know, how do you feel when you're working on things or what makes you inspired to turn, you know, a pile of yarn or, you know, wood from a hardwood floor into something. Sometimes like the, the it can process. Kind of, it can turn into like therapy almost yeah. for people. Yeah. 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 Do you guys find that? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's what it, exactly what it's about. That's why I started crafting again when I moved away to university. Um, I actually, I was like, I'm an art student and I don't do crafts until I was about 17 or 18. And then I was like, well, maybe. And then my boyfriend showed me how to knit once I moved away to university. And it was so therapeutic. And I mean, that's why I had seven sweaters on the needles. Is it's so exciting to start a new project. And then, and then to knit, it's, it's like meditation. Or you get really pissed off and frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> There's a place in San Francisco, I think it's called Creative Growth, I think. Do you guys know about that? A retarded people oh, yeah, and they have a in Oakland. I think I, you sent me that link to it. Yeah, it's yeah. linked from your interview on our craft scene. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know I was on the... Yeah, anyway, I love looking at their, their crafts. Is there anything you guys want to touch on before we move into the demos? Have we covered everything? What? We have 10 minutes. Okay. Okay, really fast. This is more related to the previous person's question than, than the last one. Um, but when we're looking at the, your favorite links and, and the links that Natalie is posting, I would love to find um, people who craft with their kids or who do um, crafty projects that, are, that work for kids. Um, I mean, I know that so much of what I see on the craft blogs is so beautiful, and, and it's really for um, the women themselves who do it. Um, but I've also loved to see kid projects. So That's funny because I actually I just added that category on the craft blog because I, I do see projects, except right now I have to go back. So I'm, this summer I have to go back and clean up the blog, but I'm going to go back to old posts and, and add that in. But there are a lot of um, craft. There's actually a site called uh, craftkidsweekly.com, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that's a really good one. Yeah, that is. Okay, so let's move into the demos. And I'm going to go first because I can. <laughs> so this is something that um, my grandmother showed me when I was a little girl. You can take it in a Ziploc and you can work on it on your lap anywhere you go. It's called a lap or a puff quilt. And the nice thing about this is that you use all of your scraps from all of your other projects because it's a real small uh, two and a half to three inch square. Um, you can fill it with fiber fill and like stuff them to be really puffy or you can use the quilt batting which is what I used here because that's what I had on hand. And uh, then you get to decide how big you want to make it. So you could make you know three or four across for a doll or you could make them, um, it, de it depends on how much time you have. And I was trying to remember last night, I don't ever remember my grandmother finishing one. <laughs> like she just, <laughs> she kept adding and adding and adding and I, I'm sure she Stopped it and then did a new one. But anyway, it's a fun little way to use up your leftover scraps. You want to go next, Kathy? Yeah, no, you hand sew them, the, piece, the blocks together. So they're, they're finished now, but, and then you sew them together to make a quilt. And I'm one of those people where, you know, if my poor husband, I've like glued rhinestones on 
his amplifier, all kinds yeah. of things. <laughs> of course, I've been traveling a lot, so I had to paint my suitcase. Wow. Oh, wow. So this is really easy. That's cool. All you're doing is um, you can use foam stamps or rubber stamps and fabric paint, and you just, you know, stamp it on there. Um, this I did freehand, and I put some glitter varnish over it. I've had this for, you know, several months now. It's held up really, really well. I've been traveling a lot over the past few months. But it's just a nice way to carry that spirit with you and to see it coming out of the luggage rack and say, that's the identification. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really easy. You could, like, do it, you know, in, in about an hour and just let it dry. And you don't have to put the the water-based varnish on it. I put it on the front where I thought it would get scuffed and it's held up pretty good. Maybe clear so, nail polish on yeah, it. Maybe your, your pom-poms would be cute on that. Yeah. Like a little, like, yeah. So you know it's yours, not that everyone's going to look like that. <laughs> I want to say real quick before I forget, um, both Kathy and Amy are going to be upstairs in the Yahoo bookstore place signing books and Amy's also going to be selling some of her fun crafts. Yeah, and well, my I think that starts at like four. Crafts. Mine are like, you know, oh, they're, they're awesome. Oh, no, everybody's no, gonna want them. No, I mean like, you know, I'll be selling this stuff. Yeah, feel free. But the money goes to my rabbit. Just, and That's I just want to say thank you for having me here, and and it's so I'm so excited to meet all of you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me here too, and it's so great to meet all of you guys. It's been really exciting. You're up, Kristen. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mine is like a really easy way to make a patch. Um, basically, you take a scrap of fabric, your pinching shears, which are like the zigzag sticker, uh, scissors? Sickers? Yeah, what's that? Skizzers. Yeah, skizzers. <laughs> yeah. And you just clip a square or whatever shape around it, and it keeps it from fraying. And you take your ink stamp or whatever, or you can use an inkjet printer and iron transfer, put it on there, safety pins, and you've got a patch. And you can put it on your bag or or wherever on your dress. It's really cute. Also, I want to mention that Kristen made her dress today. Bed sheet. Yeah. Out of a bed sheet, a vintage bed sheet. Bed sheet. You should turn around, do a little yeah. twirl so everybody oh, can gosh, see. Oh gosh, that's weird. Okay. That's right. It has a zipper. That's a Big girl queen. <laughs> You're up now. Hi. Okay, so um, I uh, we had the stitch and pitch happen, which is basically... Um, uh, event that's happening at nationwide at baseball stadiums across the country to promote the needle arts. And I had to go on local TV. And a lot of times when I go on uh, TV shows, I want to make sure people, you want a quick craft you can make and something useful. And so I made these really fun baseball uh, coffee cozies. So they're themed like giants. And all you do is just get the felt and you can either sew on the rickrack or glue it on, but it's all done with Velcro. And, you know, if you're not even a baseball fan, you can just make this. Because some, a lot of times I go to coffee houses and that paper little holder is not there. And how cute would it be to have a custom one with yeah, your own little cool. rickrack and your own, you can put your name on we there or something. Oh, the collar. The collar. So um, I actually, if you, if you go on craft scene, I actually, I took a, I took a, I went to my local coffee house and I was like, can I just have a cup and a holder? And he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> but he gave me a, I told them what I was making, and they, they, they gave it to me. So I made a template so that we have a template online. So if you want to make your own, it's just yeah. so much fun. It took less than an hour to make. And um, you can have your own little, you know, Maybe you coffee cozy. Maybe you put it around a candle, too. Not, I mean, a candle that's already in a glass and yeah. put this around the glass. There's so many uses. Amy With was even saying, like, uh, you can make little, you know, wristlets and, and, you know, wrist cuffs or a dog collar, too. Yeah, a little nurse hat for your animal. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, well, I was going to make mine, but I'll just show you because no one else made one. So, I mean, step by step. No, you so, should go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Have, oh, we that's have time. Okay. It's an eye burrito, and it's for pay people who wear pantyhose. Um, so you take a pair of pantyhose and you fill it with about a bag and a half of, of beans, you know, or dimes. Oh, oh yeah, you don't have to look to talk to it. Um, <laughs> and then uh, you make the felt eyes, you know, and then you just kind of cradle it over your eyes to rejuvenate your sockets. <laughs> the weight of the beans. And maybe you can put it in the freezer. I don't know. And then my other, my other uh, craft is, um, you know, because I make cupcakes. See, here's the tacky flu. But I make labels and everything in my apartment oh, has construction oh, paper around it. Um, and this is an extravagance. I buy this tape. Just I'm addicted to it. You know, it's so pretty. Anyway, uh, my other craft is the, um, is the Lando Lakes butter, you know, where you take you know, you cut the squaw out, you know, yeah. and then you take an exacto knife and you cut three ways around the box so it flips and then you um, violently cut the knees out of the other squaw and tape it behind <laughs> it and then, you know, I cover the back with construction paper and um, I have about 30 of these for sale today for $3 a piece. But um, that's the only reason I buy this kind of butter because you get a craft out of it so I'm not wasting my money. <laughs> Do you, you want to go into the pricing? You want to yeah, hold her some I'm stuff? Yeah, I might be too embarrassed now. <laughs> you guys want to help her price some stuff? Yeah, but then it doesn't, I don't know. Really, you think so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. What? We have five whole minutes. Okay. Let's see. God, I have so much stuff. All right. Um, well, I made these fake cakes. And these cakes, um, Fred Flair bought some to sell, but they were selling them for like $100, which I thought was ridiculous. I mean, it was time-consuming. So I brought five of these cakes to sell today, but I was thinking maybe selling them for $20. Styrofoam, and then I may, you make something out of grout and plaster, and, and then you, you know, have to frost it and let it harden, and then you paint it. And then you get a free little sample of paint with it, so when the paint chips off, you can touch it up on your own. <laughs> Oh, thank you. What'd you say? How long do they take? Days. <laughs> what do you think? Twenty's too much. Clearly, Shout it out! This is Shout the it crowd out. that would buy them. Okay, that's one thing. Anyway, I thought I thought twenty wasn't bad. Then I'm I have some wands. I'm selling for three dollars. I made these wig caps. I like wigs. So um. Uh, I made these little wig cap things, you know, picture from the book on there for $5, I thought. I'm not making money on that. Then um, <laughs> this hand lotion that I make for $10, this really nice hand lotion. But the label, this took me a long time too, you know. What do you think, $10 for hand lotion? Heaven. <laughs> And then this lady who made made my outfit, she made um, these cute little wallets. I love her skirt. Can you guys see her skirt? These cute little, looks better on the floor, this uh, cute little wallet thing. She's selling, these are 20, and then she made these really great pot holders. Really nice for $20. So I'm selling these for her today. Let's see the wands. Oh, the wands are just something I tore, I always sell them. 
um, and I have them in silver and gold, you know, but they don't make them. I found this company that makes them like the old style. They're really hard to find. And sometimes they come unglued. And last night, why I had the glue all over my rug is I had to re-glue a bunch of them. But, you know, if you're cooking something or making something, if you just wave the wand over it, you know, it's like magic happens. It's pretty impressive. Like if I go in my kitchen with, you know, empty-handed, you know, or just with a wand and I come out with, you know, a turkey, they think I use witchcraft. So those are the wands. And I just a few other things. I made these pill containers, these little pill boxes. And that's it. You want to show? You the weren't pill? helpful at all, huh? You want, to show, you want to show the pill containers? These little things, just because I, I have a lot of strangers with candy fans, and they always want a Jerry Blank thing. So, to just say pee on me, loser. It has loser inside. And a little picture of Jerry <laughs> on that I was good self about that. Okay, just give me two minutes, and then you want to do it counterclockwise. No, I was kidding. <laughs> um, and that's it. All right, so Amy's no, going upstairs. I am? Yeah. Okay, so. Oh, thank you. Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed that discussion. Wasn't it great? I loved it. I felt so blessed to be able to get to be there and meet these wonderful ladies. I hope you enjoyed the show and will consider checking out another episode if you're not a regular listener. I want to also tell you that each week on my website, I post free projects from guests. If a person is a published author, I contact publishers and get copies of the books. So I can usually give away a copy of a book each week. Another thing I'm trying to collect, I just started this, but I'm uh, working on a series I want to, I'm calling uh, Handmade Stories. And I'm looking for folks from all walks of life. You do not have to be a crafter or artist to participate in this. What I'm doing is I'm collecting stories about handmade items, whether it be some kind of heirloom passed down in your family or maybe the heirloom that was destroyed in a crazy way or the project you made that totally, totally stunk. I mean, a project that completely backfired. There's no real serious criteria for like what would really constitute one of these things as long as the story centers around something handmade. The way this is going to work is if you have a, a story idea... Just email me, jennifer at craftsanity.com. Send me a picture of the item and tell me just briefly what the general story is. You can write an essay and then read it, and I can help you record it, or you can record it yourself and send it to me as an MP3 file, or we can do it as a dialogue where you know I call you up and we talk. I think I've covered everything I wanted to cover. And again, to all the ladies I met, I blog her. It was great to be there. Sorry that I was kind of the sniffling woman with carrying a Kleenex box around, but I had a great time. I'm uh, just really encouraged to see so many smart and great ladies out there really staking a claim and having their voice heard on the internet. For those of you who don't know about BlogHer, I encourage you to check it out on the web. I'll have some links on my website. Okay, I'm going to let you go. Craft Sanity, my friends. It works for me. Thanks for listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast with Jennifer Ackerman Haywood. Visit CraftSanity.com for more information about today's guests and links to subscribing to the podcast. Want to support the show? Follow the link to vote for Craft Sanity on Podcast Alley once a month. You can also make a donation or buy goods at the Craft Sanity store. Have a suggestion for a future guest or have other feedback? Email Jennifer at CraftSanity.com. Thanks again for listening to Craft Sanity.